Hello and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. We exist to see lives transformed through Jesus and are located in the heart of Surrey, BC, Canada. To find out more, visit us at horizonchurch.ca. We hope this message blesses and inspires you. Well, Happy New Year 2023 is here. Can you believe it? And as we look back at 2022, I'm sure like you, uh, I know I have many ups and downs, kind of like every year. There are times of great celebration where things were great and we had great things happening, friends, family, uh, whatever makes things great for you and your world. Then there's been times of challenge, times where you maybe had a financial challenge or relational challenge or Maybe you've lost someone that was close to you. Whatever it would be, the life is kind of like that, isn't it? Ups and downs and it's different rhythms and different seasons. And, and we come into a new year here in 2023 and we start to look forward. And that's just the way it is. It's, it's Nothing's changed in some sense, just a date on a calendar. But it is something that we do at January 1st. We start to look forward. And we have this word that we often have called resolutions. And uh, they've been around since around AD 46, if you can believe it, when Julius Caesar was the one who decided that January the 1st was going to be the beginning of a new year. And he encouraged his uh, subjects to commit to personal improvement. And resolutions since then, can you believe it, near over 2,000 years, have been synonymous with the turning of the year. The, the kind of like turning the leaf over, kind of like closing the door to what was and opening the door into what is. And, and we start to say, wow, what would my life look like if I did certain things? Resolutions. Uh, top five resolutions last year. Uh, we don't know what they are this year. We'll have to find out. Uh, but top five resolutions in 2022 were number five was to live more economically. In other words, be a little better with my money, maybe not overspend, maybe get my credit card debt down or eliminated. Number five. Number four, spend more times with friends and family. Interestingly enough, that one has risen up over the last year or two, probably in response to the isolation that many of us experienced, well, all of us experienced to varying degrees uh, around the pandemic. And so that's risen up to now it's number four. Number three, a common one probably is there almost every year, lose weight. Don't point at anybody right now and say he's talking to you. It's not what we're going to do. Lose weight. Number two, eat healthier. Always a good thing to do. A little bit more challenging this year as uh, eating healthier seems to be getting more expensive. And number one, exercise more. Uh, I made that uh, resolution in 2013, I think it was, to exercise more. Uh, There was two things I wanted to do that year. One was to to do a Tough Mudder in Whistler, which I, I was able to do, 17 kilometers, all kinds of obstacles. Some people from the church did it with me, super fun. And the second was to run a half marathon. And I was also able to do that that year. I'm telling you the things that I was able to do. Every year, there was many times where I made resolutions and nothing happened with them. Uh, they, they tell us, those they, that around 65% of us make a resolution of some kind. Uh, yet research shows that within, uh, I think, a month, no, within a week, one quarter of us have already given up on our resolutions. And by the end of the year, only one in ten will maintain their goal, their resolution. So in some ways, resolutions are irrelevant. But at the same time, they're also the realization that if our life, as we look at 2023, if our life is going to look differently, maybe be a little better 
there that we need to do something different. Different decisions to have different outcomes. That's the reality. If we don't make different decisions, we are not going to have different outcomes or better outcomes. And this desire for something more, this desire to have a life that reflects a little bit more health, a little bit more strength, a little bit more love, a little bit, whatever it might be, is actually a very good thing. Jesus talked about in John 10.10, he said, there's a thief that has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come, Jesus has come to bring life, and that even more abundantly. And when Jesus said that, he's calling us higher. He's calling us from where we were to where he's designed and created us for. He's calling us out of our defeats. He's calling us out of our losses. He's calling us in the midst of our pain and say there's more for us. This word life means not just simply that the, the, the biological life he's come to give that, but much, much more than that, his Zoe life, the very life of God that Jesus has come to give us and to put on the inside of us that changes everything. And he promises life more abundantly. That means life exceeding the limits, life going past what you thought was possible, life going maybe even beyond what your upbringing would seem to indicate, maybe beyond where you were last year, whatever it would be, thinking beyond expectations. And so I started to think about that. What could we do to position ourselves for a better 2023? What would it look like? What would we have to do to exceed our expectations? What would we have to do to overcome loss and pain? What kind of things would cause us to break through into new areas for our life and to see our marriages succeed, to see uh, our family life be better, to see our spiritual life be stronger as we live from the inside out. And so we're going to talk about that today. Let's have a better 2023. And I believe it's possible. And we're going to talk about that today. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for everyone that's watching. Thank you for everybody who's here today. Lord, I pray that you give us ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying, that you give us courage to respond and the power to obey. In the strong name of Jesus, amen and amen. Well, 2,000 years ago, uh, someone wrote, we're not really sure, some people think it was Paul, others, others think it might be Peter, wrote the book of Hebrews in near the end of the New Testament, wrote it to a group of Christians who were going through incredibly difficult times. And when I say difficult times, they weren't difficult because their politician got, didn't get elected. They weren't difficult because uh, they didn't get the job that they wanted. They were difficult because they were living in a time of extreme persecution, Persecution from uh, unkind words through to rejection, through to job losses, through to persecution where someone's chasing you down and even being crucified. So this was incredibly difficult times. This was far beyond where what we're talking about today. But it gives us a window. It gives us a way to see this whole letter as a reminder of the importance of building a strong and a vital faith. And we pick it up in chapter 10 where it says this, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. The, the writer is reminding us that our life, the vitality of our life, the vitality of our relationship must be and is built upon the strong foundation of a relationship with God who is faithful. He is always faithful to us even when we're unfaithful. But it's more than that. And then he, then he moves into another verse where he starts to give us some windows into how to do this. He reminds us and follows us up with this. He said, And let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And then he begins to say this, And let us, 
Let us. In other words, that's something we have to choose to do. We have to resolve to do. There's three let us statements that we're going to talk about today. Three kind of resolutions that if we begin to grab a hold of them, they're going to literally change our lives and change the trajectory of our lives. We're going to know God better. We're going to know people better. We're going to be known by people better. These three things can, can I believe, change our lives in a powerful, powerful way. And so he says these three things. Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. And let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. And let us encourage one another and all the more as we see the day approaching. Because if we're going to know God better, if we're going to know Jesus better as a source of our life, he starts with that, let us hold unswervingly to know God. And then he goes into these three things about people. And you say, well, how is that? How does that work? Is Which one's more important? They kind of go like this. The reality is, Jesus said, when two or three are gathered together in the midst, I'm right there. In other words, you're going to know Jesus better, better when you gather together with people. Uh, Romans 12 talks about that we are a body. We're, we're, we're the body of Christ. We know Jesus even better when we gather together. And so these three resolutions, these three directives, these three commands, these three practices that that followers of Jesus have done for millennial after millennial, uh, where we've, we've done these things and has literally changed our life. We know Jesus better, we know others better, and our lives are stronger and healthier because of it. And we get to know Jesus through one another. Jesus is our source. Through people, we get to know them better. He's our life. He's our hope. He's our strength. He's the lover of our soul. And he helps us to love one another to do these three resolutions that we're going to talk about today. Number one, let's motivate each other. You know, what are you talking about? That sounds like an external thing. But there's something about it when we come together that that we cannot do by ourselves. We're better together. Discouragement had made these Christians avoid community at the very time that they needed it the most. The reality is that Jesus meets us in our one another to stir each other up, to spur one another on, to motivate one another towards love and good deeds. And the writer is speaking of a mutual activity, one in which believers spur one another on. It's not from the top down, not from the pastor down. It's uh, what the person across from you, the person down the street from you, the one you're in spiritual community with is meant to spur you on and you're meant to spur one another on. It's a person-to-person thing. This spurring means a provocation which literally jabs someone until they must respond. It's the idea of spurring like a horse. When someone rides a horse, they will put the spur into the side of the horse to move it forward in, in a space where it might have said, I don't really want to, but the spurring on moves it forward. Um, we've all had people who provoke us in that way, who spur us. Sometimes it's negative. I had a cousin that was a little bit younger than me, but we would not see each other that often. And when we came together, he just had this way of provoking. He would poke, 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 poke at you until you responded in a negative way. And usually within about 15 minutes of being there, there'd be a fight and we would be rolling around on the floor because he had been provoking in a negative way. But we've also, most of us have experienced the positive prov- provo- provocation. There's the word provocation where someone comes alongside us, encourages us and says, you can do it. You're more than this. 
I believe in you. Pick yourself up. You're not quitting today. You can do it. God's hand is on your life. That, that we need somebody that will come alongside us and spur us on. Your, your best days are still in front of you. God's got his hand on your life. You're, you're not done. Come on, move up, move up. You Don't be apathetic and complacent. You're better than this. God's called you. Don't quit now. And we need that, someone to spur us along because sometimes there's downs in life and we need somebody to spur us on to love and good deeds. And different people are motivated by different things. Some, For some people, they might be motivated when we talk about let us motivate. They might be motivated by a kind word. They might be motivated by, someone else might be motivated by a text. Someone else might be motivated by a prophetic word. Someone else might be motivated by saying, I'm praying for you, whatever it is. He says, let us consider it. Let's think about what we can do to motivate, to encourage, to spur someone else on to love and good deeds. And this, this, this picture of love is such a powerful force in the world. Jesus said it this way, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Not by your good deeds, not by all the things that you do, not by the things you do in the community, not by the money that you give, but by the love that you have one for another. Love needs stimulation and spurring one another on. Faith and hope can be practiced in a solitary hermit cell, but love, the exercise of love, is only possible in the community. The true measure of our faith, according to Jesus, is not how we are alone. It's how we are together. If we are living and loving and spurring one another on this kind of love, it's a powerful, transformative force in, in a community of people. Someone said it this way, love and speak in such a way that those who know you but don't know God will come to know God because they know you. Let me say that again. Love and speak in such a way that those who know you but don't know God will come to know God because they know you. That's the power of a community walking together, spurring one another on to love and good deeds. It's unconditional love. It's other-focused love. It's not self-seeking love. It's believing the best in others. It's action-oriented. It's It keeps loving even when it seems impossible. This kind of love, someone has said that it's giving the other person what they need the most when they deserve it the least. And we've all been there, haven't we? when we didn't deserve love, when we're, our behavior has been less than the best, when we've said things that we shouldn't have. And so we know what it is to receive that kind of love and how powerful it is. Let's resolve. Let's consider. Let's think about how we can motivate one another towards love and to good deeds. Let's think of opportunities to love one another. Let's think of, of opportunities to serve and, and, and be involved and engaged in serving and finding our space and our spot this year. Let's motivate one another. Second thing he said is, let's, let's resolve to meet with each other. You know, I've talked to pastors in the United States, I've talked with pastors across Canada, I've talked with pastors in other parts of the world, and coming out of the pandemic, roughly one-third of people that used to go and gather with other believers are no longer gathering for whatever reason. They're just not. One-third of the church, the gathered church, is dispersed in some way to where, who knows. Um, so this is not a new problem. 2,000 years ago, they said, let's not give up or let's not neglect the meeting of ourselves together. 
And that meeting together carries a, a, a word. It's not an ambiguous word. It's, it's, or sorry, it is a little bit of an ambiguous word. It carries the idea of meeting informally, but also it definitely refers, that Greek word, to the formal gathering of people together. It's not just here and there. There's an element of that, but there's also together. Paul in Acts 20, 20, verse 20 said how he talked about he gathered publicly and from house to house, the informal and the informal. Uh, 2,000 years ago, they're saying to a church that was under pressure, to a church that was experiencing difficulty and pain, and said, hey guys, don't forget, let's meet together. Another powerful resolution out of this verse. Some only go to church when they feel they need it, or if it's convenient, or if they don't have something else on. And we're all been there. It's tempting sometimes when the clock wakes you up in the morning on Saturday, Sunday morning, or when you're going to go to your small group, or where, whatever it might be. It always feels like something else is more important, or more pressing, or you feel tired, or whatever. It takes work to get yourself together and go to a Sunday worship gathering. It takes work to get yourself together, to go to a youth gathering on Wednesday night uh, or a young adult gathering or when the women gather once a, once a month or the men gather or however it might look like, a small group, our pillars on uh, on the Saturday in the, in the end of the month. All these types of gatherings are so powerful for us and they're not kind of optional things in your spiritual growth. If you want to grow as a follower of Jesus, if you want to see the leaf turn over, if you want to see and enter into a better 2022, this is a powerful part of it. Let's resolve to, number one, to motivate each other, number two, to meet together, to not make it optional. And here I want to talk to you, we can lull ourselves to sleep and we endanger our faith and we endanger our future when we become loners in the kingdom of God. At some level, as Christ followers, we must determine to obey God and to be involved with others, whether informally and, or not, sorry, both informally and formally, both the house to house and the publicly gathering. Because here's some of the things that I see when we gather, whether it's, whether it's two or three people together, whether it's 20 together, whether it's 200 together, however it is, some of the, we gather to show that our lives are oriented around God, and that's a powerful statement. We gather to pray with and for others. We gather to be stirred and challenged in our faith. We gather to laugh and to mourn together. We gather to receive something from God. We gather to give our worship to God. We gather to encourage someone else. We gather to be encouraged and challenged and convicted by the Word of God that gets us back on track. We gather with a readiness and willingness to serve. We gather to demonstrate our commitment to spiritual community as we sit under the Word of God, as we, as we worship together, as we pray together. There's something that happens, and when anything that God uh, commands us to do has a power in it, it's going to help you, it's going to strengthen you, it's for your good. And so when he says, let's, let's motivate one another towards love and good deeds, when he says, let's not forsake gathering together, it's for your good and for your family's good and for your life's good. Someone said this, any early Christian who attempted to live like a pious particle by themselves without the support of the community ran a serious risk in an age where there was no public opinion to support him. And that's the reality that we're entering into and see more and more of our day. The culture is not a Christian culture. And so if you think you're going to make it just by hanging out by yourself, it's not going to be 
the best that God would have for your life. There's something that you're missing, and there's something that the rest of the body is missing because when we don't gather, you're missed. What you bring to the table is missed. You're like, well, I don't know what I'll do. Let's just start the journey of saying, I'm going to meet together with others. I'm resolving to meet more regularly, informally, and formally. You know, I don't know if you've had a, a campfire before where there's a bundle of, of sticks and all kind of that gathering, and sometimes a stick will fall out of the fire. And you can, all, you can guarantee that that stick that's by itself will lose its fire much, much faster than the main fire. And that's what happens sometimes in our lives. We make gathering kind of an option for a Christian. If you're a Christ follower, gathering with other Christians, if at all possible, is just needs to be a priority of our life, a resolution that we make. Let's motivate one another. Let's gather with each other. And finally, let's resolve to encourage one another. There's so much in life that... Many of you, if we listen to the stories, have gone through in this past year and beyond. And we, I referred to it at the beginning. Some of those things that just drive the courage out of you. Some of the things that cause you to question, where is God? Some of the things that make us believe that we're the only ones experiencing that. Um, the reality of addiction in your family, living with someone with an addiction. The reality of trying to break free of the addiction yourself. Whatever it might be, there are things that cause us at times to be discouraged. And it's, there's a reason why the writer says, let us encourage one another. And even more as we see the day approaching. In other words, more. Make it a higher priority. And this word encourage, it's a, it means kind of like someone who comes alongside and calls out to you. Para. Comes right alongside. We all need somebody that will come alongside us. Personal encouragement is a powerful force. And it's like when someone is discouraged, when we come to encourage, we give them fresh, fresh courage for their journey. Your word of encouragement to someone is incredibly powerful. Sometimes you, you, you have the ability and capacity to give it. Other times you need to be receiving it. But that's the beauty of each other. Encourage one another. This is not a top-down thing. This is an every man, every woman thing. This is somebody, everybody who calls themselves a follower of Jesus. We need to be giving and receiving encouragement. Hebrews 3 and 13 says this, But encourage one another daily. In other words, we need it, often. I, someone has said too often that we leave our encouragement, our kind words, to a funeral service. Let's not wait for somebody's funeral. Let's not wait till we don't, they've, they've moved out of our life. That when we think about, when we think about someone and there's a word, and I wonder what they're doing. Send that text. Make that call. Do something to reach out beyond ourselves to encourage one another. And why does it say that encourage one another daily? So that none of us may be hardened by sin's trickery or sin's deceitfulness. Life comes at us. Disappointments, delays, difficulty, unanswered prayer, challenges, unexpected losses, betrayal. And all of those can conspire to trick us to respond improperly or respond even sinfully at times. From a place of anger, frustration, and fear. He said... They can harden our hearts, which hard, a hard heart, we start to respond in a way that's not good. We start to, it, it starts to impede us receiving the love and the goodness of God and from, from Jesus himself and from one another. But encouragement helps us to keep our heart, heart soft, 
towards God and people. And kind words are so powerful, they can be intentional about using words to speak life and hope into others. Doing something kind, sending a gift, sending a thank you card, doing whatever it was. Think about today, what, what does encouragement look like and how do you receive it best? And sometimes that's a clue as to how to give it to someone else. Words of encouragement in life. Because individual Christians can, or individual struggles can be that much more bearable when there's somebody coming alongside and saying, I'm with you. I can't solve all the problems, but I'm with you. So important that we encourage one another. Let us encourage one another. Who are you coming alongside? Who could you come alongside in 2023? Who do you need to open your life up to in 2023 to come alongside you and let them into your world of struggle so that they can encourage you and lift up the hands that hang down and, and strengthen the knees that you're walking in, the feeble knees, so you can walk with strength in 2023? Resolutions. We can make resolutions about weight and not uh, getting our finances in order and gathering with people and all that kind of thing. But what I'm trying to encourage you today is, as we start, let us hold unswervingly to the faith in Jesus. And then, he, then those three resolutions. Let us motivate one another. Let's meet together with one another. And finally, let us encourage one another. And I believe that if we all participate in these three kind of practices this year, however we can, whether that's formally or informally or both, that our lives are going to look differently. So let us motivate each other. We're better together. Let us meet with each other. We're better together. And let's encourage each other. Let's have a better 2023 together. And as we look forward to 2023, let's raise our expectations in God. Let's believe God for breakthrough. Let's believe God for fresh start. Let's believe God for a healthier marriage. Let's believe God for better financial outcomes. Let's believe God for victories in areas of defeat. Let's believe God for an overcoming spirit. Let's believe God for the breaking of addictions. Let's believe God for the uh, salvation of loved ones. Let's believe God that the church of Jesus will continue to advance in the world. Let's believe God for addictions to be broken. Let's believe God for problems to be overcome. Let's believe God that together, as we resolve these three resolutions, that things will look better for our lives, our families, our, our businesses, our finances in every area. Let's motivate, motivate each other. Let's meet with each other. And let's encourage each other. And believe God, let's have a better year together. God bless you. I'm going to pray, and then we'll move on with the rest of 2023. Looking forward to gathering for times of prayer, times of worship, but let's be a people that do life together. Jesus, we thank you for your kindness and your goodness. Thank you for all that you've done in 2022, Lord. We, we, some things, we just, we just cast our cares on you, and we leave them with you, Lord Jesus, and know that you're working in us to will and to do according to your good pleasure. Lord, I pray that you would give us courage to take steps this year, steps to be together, steps to motivate each other, steps to gather together, steps to encourage one another. Lord, that we would be a people that advance together, knowing Jesus better and knowing and being loved by others better. In the strong name of Jesus, amen. We hope you enjoyed this message from Horizon Church. To find your next step, visit horizonfam.ca. Have a great week.